Wow. Well, it's been a good day so far. Stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning. Valerie, it is good to see you. We, we love you. Valerie was such a wonderful part of our congregation for such a long time and helped us and took a, a nursery and, and infant program here and, and turned it upside down and made it what it is today. And we're thankful for you. We love you. When you walk in here, you're home. So we're glad that you've come here with us today. Also, the Cat Celtics, all the way from El Paso, Texas. Raise your hand, guys. I want them to see you. You are a special guest to us. We love you. We honor you today. I'm sure uh, Pastor Gary is preaching somewhere in the world. As you never know where he is. He said to me the other day, he said, I was in Israel for breakfast. I was in Paris, or London for lunch. And uh, he came to Ohio after that. So <laughs> he's, he's a man that travels. If you don't know Evangelist Gary Lee, this is his family. And he's been a part of our lives for a long time. He's very close friends with Pastor Brian and Amelia. And, uh, and they're close friends to me as well. And I appreciate them and love them. And Jacob, it's good to see you, mate. All right, there he is. But, uh, thank you for being with us today. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. We're continuing to look into the word and I'm gonna, I won't do my introduction until I read the scripture and let you sit down and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man or a complete and whole man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And then Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 is the second passage for our scripture text and it goes back to a day that we remember well, especially in a spirit-filled church like Stratford Heights. And when the day of Pentecost had finally come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, I don't know where in the world the church got so proper I don't know where the where in the world the church got so snobby the church was birthed in a sound it was birthed it was birthed with the Spirit of God and the Bible says it filled the whole house where they were gathered can you say amen to the reading of God's Word Lord, we ask your blessings on the word. Move the preacher out. Holy Spirit, you speak through us today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Back to the book. Back to the book. If you're visiting with us today, you see this book right here. It's 120 years old. This book was found by our assistant pastor, and he, he brought it to my attention in I don't know what happened, but you've heard me for the last several weeks preaching from this book, holding on to this book, can't let go of this book. It goes everywhere I go. 
If I'm in my car, it's in my car. If I'm at my house, it's in my house. If I'm in my study, it's in my study. Wherever I am, this book, I can't leave me. And somebody said the other day, Pastor, aren't you going to put that relic, that 120-year-old Bible, aren't you going to put that behind glass somewhere? Probably. But not until this series is over. Because this book has been messing me up, Sister Linda. Been messing me up, wrecking me. When we found this book, by, and, and just to give you a little history, this book is deep, the pastor's book, the, the study Bible, the preaching Bible, for the very first pastor of this church 103 years ago. Hidden, for we've now come up with a calculation. No one has seen it in 60 years. But it's suddenly come out now. And I believe it's come out because the message behind it is the Lord is speaking to us and to the church at large. He's saying, get back to the book. Get back to the book. The messages that came from this book, the preaching that came from this book, the healings, the deliverances, the salvations, all of those things that happened while that young man who didn't know that he, when he was preaching to a little crew on the front porch of the Auburn Street house over Middletown 103 years ago, he had no idea that 100 years later plus that we would be packing two services on a Sunday morning preaching the, po the power of God's salvation message and using his Bible. That's pretty cool. I mean, organize it any way you want to. That's pretty cool. First week, it was about get back to the book. Get back to the word. Where's your Bible? People started getting their study Bibles back out. And some folks who had maybe put them on the shelf a little bit started recognizing and realizing that, man, we need to know what's in the book. We need to know why we shout, why we praise the Lord, why we dance, why we sing songs and spiritual songs, why we get up and preach and teach, why we honor the Sabbath day, why we do all the things that, that are written in this book. We know it. That makes it worth our time and investment in making sure it's part of who we are. Knowing why we do what we do. Get back to the book. We preached about the Word of God. The second week, the Lord led us into what does the book teach is the next big thing in our relationship with God. If we're going to talk about foundations and what builds a church that lasts 103 years through two world wars and all kinds of famine and flood and all kinds of crashes and all kinds of stuff going on in the government, what is it that causes this church to come through and stand through the middle of all those storms through the years? Well, it was because it was built on the word which was Jesus which is the foundation of the church and prayer and God led us into prayer and looking at the importance of prayer in our lives the communication between the Lord I guarantee you a husband and wife in this house today if you go a week two weeks without speaking to one another that you're gonna be coming in for counseling never forget the guy who was sitting in my office one time and she was like he never says he loves me we, I never hear it, Pastor. He just never tells me anything good. He never says he loves me. And he looked at it and I said, well, man, what do you got to say to that? And he says, well, I told her I loved her when I married her. <laughs> he said, if it ever changes, I'll let her know. <laughs> Some people treat their relationship with God like that. They, they treat their relationship with God like that, and they act like, well, God don't show up. Well, God, I don't know where God is. No, God's saying, where are you? Where have you been? Don't be calling on the prayer bells of heaven if you haven't been ringing them. 
Amen, pastor, that's good preaching. Don't be wondering where God is if you haven't been ringing the prayer bells of heaven. If you don't have a relationship with him, you don't have no right to stand up and have a problem with him. But a lot of the church lives, in, as we talked that one Sunday, on that experiential level. They, they all just stay right there next to a sermon, a song. They only get blessed every now and again. Every now and again, they're kind of moved to conviction a little bit. They cry a little bit, and they just feel a little bit better. Their relationship with God is an embarrassment to the kingdom. We talked about that. God's taking us back to the book. He's talking to us about submission, talking to us about your relationship. You're surrendering him to be Lord of your life, not you. That's how you develop a relationship with the Lord. That's how you know him, that you know, that you know, that you know. That's the people that stand up in the middle of crisis. That's the people that stand up in the middle of trouble. And when they're in the valley and they still got a praise on their mouth, the, 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 the whole world looks at them and says, they're nuts, they're crazy. They forgive the murderer of their family. They forgive these people that betrayed them. That We don't understand it. The whole world scratches their head and looks at them and says, they're nuts, they're crazy idiots. What in the pro world is the problem with them? You know what's the problem with them? They've been forgiven. They've been washed they've been cleansed they've been forgiven and given a sanctified heart and now they're living their lives to pay back what's been done for them you got so much of God inside you you can't handle it you can't stand it you want to look for people to forgive you want to look for people to love you want to look for people to serve that that wonderful prayer relationship and then you weren't here for message three message three some of you weren't a lot of you were how many were at Esperanza Thursday night Glory adios, only four people. How many of you were here at Esperanza? Amen. Preach the, the third message, grow up in God. Oh, you, I should just go ahead and preach that one today. We should hear that one right now because a lot of folks stay in babies. A lot of folks still on the bottles. A lot of folks still drinking milk from the baby. They haven't never grown up. We talked about the fact that I had just come from the hospital where little Sonny Jane was born, and I was so thrilled to see my new little niece and I came right here to preach right from the hospital. And I told him, I said, you know, we, we, we have to grow up in God. We have to get smart, get wise, get mature in the Lord. We can't stay babies the rest of our life. You got to know that you know that you know. Get deep with God. Understand the truths. Man, there's so much to discover in him. You haven't barely, you just, you know what you are? There's a whole lot of scratch and sniff chip Christians. I must be anointed this morning because I'm just... <laughs> I'm just telling you. A whole lot of sn scratch and sniff Christians. You know, I go, to, I go there and I... Sh 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 <laughs> they have no concept of who God is. They have no idea who God is. They spend more time trying to analyze their doubts than they do living for God and discovering the truth about him. He who abides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge. He's my fortress. In Him will I trust. That's discovering what you believe. And we preach that Thursday night, grow up in God.
time to grow up. And this morning, the Lord has led me. I was like, Lord, what's next, man? We're in the word. We're praying. We're, we're growing up in God. What's, what's next, Lord? We're getting healthy. We're going to get balanced. We're going to get right with you. Lord, what would be next? Well, he let me know that the very next thing, all throughout scripture, you can see it over and over again. Whenever there was a massive reform, a move of God, something that really revival came, or all kinds of things spiritually began to shake and rattle and roll everything around, and people were turned upside down and taverns were shut and all kinds of businesses closed down and the city like New York City back in the 1800s the, all the, the, the cities the businesses shut down in New York and they all went to a big old prayer meeting at 12 noon what causes that kind of move of God I mean when you look at it in the scripture and you study it you find out that it was unity it was a move of oneness it was people coming together and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, I move. And when I begin to move, it goes from the individual in their reading the word and prayer and growing up. Once they're on that track, then they come together with the body of Christ. And the power of God's Holy Spirit begins to move mightily. It was at Pentecost when 120 people were in an upper room. They prayed and they prayed and Jesus' instructions said, tarry there. That means don't just go down there and say, well, Lord, I asked you for it and you didn't do anything. Little dab will do you. Little bit will help you. No, it's Jesus' instruction was tarry there. Tarry there until you be endued with power. So they waited all through the day, all through the night, all through the next day, and who knows how long, until finally it says, and then they were all in one mind and one accord when suddenly a sound came. A sound came. A sound that brought renewal. A sound that brought baptism. A sound that brought transformation and change purpose, significance. The church was birthed in that moment when a sound like as a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were together. And that right there was the beginning of the church. And that is the next step in our process of getting back to the book. Is we've got to get a spirit of unity and oneness and harmony and one accord going on in our ranks. And when we do, you better watch out. You better hang on. You're either going to get ready or you're going to get run over by what God is going to do in this church and in our community and in the world. You know, this message of the book, I thought it was amazing. When they told me last week, they said, man, you wouldn't believe it. There's been a thousand people that have been looking and watching the messages from the Back to the Book series. I couldn't believe that nearly 800 people liked my picture and the little story of it. I was like, I've never had 800 likes in my life. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. And then Thursday night, I preached at Esperanza and evangelist Gary Lee is here and he's up singing and the glory of the Lord fills the house and the worship is here and we preach the message. I testified about the book and he did an interview afterwards on his Facebook Live. You know, he's an evangelist that literally travels all over the world, fills arenas with tens of thousands of people and so he's putting this on the internet and I'm saying this is the Bible. We found this and it's a, a word to the church to get back to the word, to get back to the book, to get back to putting 
God's word is the foundation for our truth. And guess what? Within 24 hours, over 50,000 people were watching this story about getting back to the boat. Let me tell you, God is up to something. Oh, he's up to something. He's doing something. He'll move mountains out of the way. He'll use us if we'll get unified together in one mind and one accord. If we'll grow up in God, if we'll get back to our prayer closet, if we'll get back to the Word of God, we'll see a shaking and a moving like we haven't seen in a long time. You know why? You know why? Because God's Word says, in the last day, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Young men, your old men will dream dreams and see visions. God's up to something. The world needs it. The world needs it. Our world is a critical hour, but I'm not anxious. I'm not worried because I don't think God's up there panicking. I think God wants us to trust him. He sees the murder in the streets. He sees the violence. He sees the wickedness and the evil, the rebellion. We want to say, where is God when there's so much evil going on. God is sitting back with his word. He gave us a tangible gift to the entire world. He's told us exactly what we need to do to live as much as lies within you, live peaceably with all men. He's told us about forgive 490 times in a day if necessary. He's given us all that we need, everything you and I will ever need in a survival kit to get through this world and make a change in it. He also rocks with revivals. You remember the revivals that ministered to millions of people all across the world. We've seen them come through every season. God has always been working, always been moving, but sometimes we get so caught up in our own selfish and, and desire and agenda that we don't even see past our own nose. Let me tell you, he's on the throne this morning. He is God, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He was and he is and he's coming again. Hallelujah. You say, oh, what's that all about? Let me tell you what it's about. Prophecy is about to become perceptibility. That's a big old word. Some of you are going, I don't know what that means. Where's Google? <laughs> Poppy like that. <laughs> Prophecy is about to become perceptibility. I wrote this down. Revelation, and I made them up. Revelation is about to become reality. Foreknowledge is about to become front page news. The forecast has a very high probability of the rapture. That's what I believe. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord comfort one another with these words I'm not anxious I'm not panicked I'm not worried about all the chaos that I see in the world I am concerned about it and I am praying about it and I am believing God for that outpouring that will bring us all together again so the dividing lines are fallen and all of the chaos and the horror and the terror is stopped but in the meantime I will trust the Lord with all of my heart lean not to my own understanding but in all my ways acknowledge him and he will direct my path he's calling us back to the book Back to unity. 
powerful unity. I'm back to that song, man, the kids singing that song. I wrote the words down. Hey, man, listen, all is not lost. The world has never been more divided. The world has never been in more trouble than it is now. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, race against race, rage, violence, discord. The air is filled with despair and doubt. Rebellion is rampant. Unity is gone. Selfishness is the order of the day. And a spirit of division has infected our culture like a mad virus. But you know what? All is not lost. An outpouring is on the way. Power of God is on the way. The glory of the Lord. Hear the roar. Hear the roar. You know what I want for our church? A unity that makes a sound. A unity that makes a sound. The Bible is clear to point out, suddenly, there was a sound. A roar. Melissa, a roar. A roar that says, the lion of the tribe of Judah's coming. He said, I'm gonna go to the Father but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Go to Jerusalem and wait, because I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to send the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit is going to come, and when he comes, he's going to do you with power so that you will be a witness. You're not going to be a disappointment. You're not going to be disappointed. You're not going to live in discouragement. You're not going to live in defeat. You are an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ. You are victorious in him and through him. You are an overcomer in every area of your life. Hear the roar. Hear the roar of what unity will bring, what, what power will come. Listen to the words. Hear the roar. The king is coming. Hear the roar, the kingdom is coming. Hear the sound of an army rising up. Hear the sound of sons and daughters prophesying. Can you almost hear it? I love it when people say, well, you know, in the last days, the Lord will pour out his spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. We're just looking for that day. I'm not looking for that day. I'm listening for the sound. I'm listening for a sound because when God's shaking, when God's causing the trembling, when God is causing the mountains to be cast into the sea, when the Lord is moving mightily, there's a sound. I want this church to be in such a unity, in such an accord. I want us to be on the same page. I want us to get back to the book. I want us to get back to prayer. I want us to seek out the avenue of unity. You know why? Because when we do, suddenly there'll come a sound and that roar will be heard all over the kingdom. Let me tell you, it's time for us to get bold. It's time for us to believe like we've never believed. The enemy is standing there trying his best to trip you up, trying his best to put a stumbling block in your path. It's time for the true child of God to get a hold of the word and to get a hold of the rope that leads us to glory. And it's time to start making a sound that says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I will not give up. I will not suffer defeat. Amen. I'll not. I'll not let the devil win. I'll not let him take an advantage over me. I am not ignorant to his devices. 
I know how he works. But the Bible is clear to say, God, if I submit myself to God and resist the enemy, he will flee from me. He will run from me. So why are we living in such defeat? Hear the sound of revival burning. Hear the sound of every nation giving glory. It's the sound we make. Glorify his name. It's the sound of the kingdom coming. Revelation 1 and 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which was and which, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Therefore, Galatians 6 and 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let me tell you, it's time to discern the times, to discern the day. It's time for us to quit looking at our circumstances and get our eyes on the prize for the high calling of Christ Jesus, pressing toward that mark. It's time to not live in complacency and compromise and laziness. It's time to wake up, be sober, and be alert for that roaring lion. Like a roaring lion, the enemy is walking about seeking whom he may devour. But that is just a, a mirage. That's just an ugly picture of what the devil sounds like. Let me tell you about another sound. A sound of the lion of the tribe of Judah as he's coming to rescue his people. We've got to grab hold of the truth of God's word and not let go. The enemy says, oh, come on, give up. Quit. God don't care. He's not there. If that's true, why does he work so hard to turn your focus? What is it he's trying to keep you from? What is he trying to keep you from? Unity brings a sound. One mind, one accord. Teaching back in the book. Prayers, tonight, 6 o'clock. A lot of folks have been complimenting us for this, but it's not for your, for your, you know, to please you. But tonight at 6 o'clock, we're doing it again. We're calling a Sunday night of prayer. And we're coming together, we're worshiping, and we then we just break out and pray. And I've been loving it. I love getting in the presence of God. It's something that's growing. I feel like it's, it's got power. We're seeing things happen. I'm already up to six prodigals that I'm taking off the list over here. Six names have to come off. Six of them. Others of you, others of you are keeping score. That's our prodigal wall. Every lost loved one, every lost son, every lost daughter, they're in there, and there's hundreds and hundreds of names still in there, but that's all right. He's a big God, and we've still got work to do. we still got praying to do. We're not allowed to have one cute little prayer service and then run back to our lazy lives. No, we're going to stay with our face headed towards the altar. We're going to stay anointing with oil and praying the prayer of faith because we're not going to stop until the devil has to let every one of them go. We're not going to stop until every one of them are freed and delivered and the power of God is at work in their lives. Let the truth fall and the power rise in our hearts and lives and our families. 
Hallelujah. We're members one of another. And God's going to finish what he started. Don't worry, I'm getting ready to quit right now. Help me, Gary. Start playing and I'll, like, I'll get soft. <laughs> oh, I'm only on page nine. I got 20. <laughs> I'll break it up, part two, next time. Being confident of this very thing. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it. That should have got a whole lot more than three people shaking their little fists at me. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, in you, in you, in you, in you, in you, in them, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. A healthy work, a work that looks like heaven, a work that reaches all people, all kindred, all tribe, all race, that loves every person no matter how poor they are, how rich they are, how middle class they are, that loves everybody. It says we're members one of the other, a unity that tears down racial divides. The word says there's neither Jew nor Greek. It doesn't matter. Muslim, Mormon, Jehovah Witness, First Church of God, Second Church of God, Third Church of God, whatever. All people. All classes. It's neither bond nor free. Compasses all people, neither male nor female. I want to see a revival. The book, prayer, unity. Seek out unity. If you'll stand with me, I'm going to give you three elements to, to unity, and then we're going to pray. First, you've got to be unified with God. What good is your religion if it's not that you are not in unity with God? The Bible says... Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. He giveth grace. So first, unify with God. Right relationship with God. You're not going to see anything spiritual. Your eyes are going to be dark. Scales are going to cover your eyes. There is no way you're going to see your way through to victory if you haven't unified with God. So if that's standing in the way, no wonder, no wonder you don't know what's going on. Unify with God. Secondly, this is hard for a lot of folks. Unify with those who are over you in the Lord. We don't preach that very much, do we? Obey those who have rule over you. Be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. A lot of folks want to do it their own way. A lot of folks in a modern type religion that we have now, the modern day Christianity, they don't have respect for authority. Is it all right if I preach this? Because I submit to my authority, my authority, my bishop, 
I submit to my authorities. If I'm going to lay awake and be up all night, if I'm going to study and, and search the book, and if I'm going to come in prepared and ready to give you a message, then you ought to respect that authority. And you ought to hear the word of the Lord, and you ought to apply it to your life. And you ought to accept discipline in your life so that we can grow and be healthy, so that we can be the church Jesus meant us to be. These days, people are like, well, I, I, ain't no, I ain't respecting no authority. That old preacher, I ain't trusting him. Thank you. You be in disobedience to God. Be in disobedience with God, and you won't get very far. You say, well, what about the scoundrel? Trust me, I've seen him too. All I can do is try to tell you, I, I try to live myself in a fishbowl so you can just see everything I do. Yeah, I go to the grocery store, some of you break your neck trying to find those cigarettes and that alcohol I got in my, in my car, but I promise you it's not there. One poor lady about broke her neck trying to take inventory of my, my grocery cart. I, I came so close to reaching in, pulling out my receipt, and just say, take that home and study it all night. Here's the two sides to that coin. If I'm not right, I give an account to God. You could call me on the carpet, and that's going to hurt for about two, three minutes. He calls me on the carpet, and I'm judged and condemned, and blood is on my hands. So you don't worry about those in authority over you. Let God take care of that. You be submissive. And understand that we're watching out for your soul. I'm preaching about unity today. And my heart is I'm hoping my church will get it. Because if we will get it, then 50,000 people on a video watching what God is doing is nothing to what he'll do. If we'll trust in him and look to him. <laughs> lastly, lastly, unity with one another. Is there somebody in this room here today that you don't talk to? Is there somebody that you haven't spoken to in a long time? Is there just people you don't like? Someone you need to forgive? Is there someone who needs to forgive you? Unity with one another. Submit yourselves one to another. Pray for one another. Carry one another's burdens. Confess your sins to one another. Now be careful who you confess your sins to. Make sure they're in right standing with God. Otherwise, Facebook. <laughs> but love one another. Forgive one another. Reach out to one another. Get to know one another. How sad to go to a church that has 1,400 members and us not know each other. Walk slower out the door. Look into people's eyes when you see them in the lobby. Love people. Pray with people. If somebody's in the altar, nobody should ever pray alone. Come pray with them. Get to know one another. Love one another. Unity with God. Unity with those in authority over you. Unity with one another. And we're well on our way. God's going to do something to me. I don't even know what, what the next message is. 
I know what the one two weeks from now is because I've already got that one worked out, but I got one in between I got to pray over. He's going to do something amazing. Every head bowed, never eye closed. If you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, you haven't even started that unity with God. If you need that in your heart and in your life today, would you acknowledge that? We're going to pray a prayer. It's not a prayer that's a magic formula. It's not words that'll do it. But if this comes from your heart, we're going to help you with a prayer that'll take you right to the throne of grace. If you need Jesus in your life and you need to make him Lord of your life, and today would be a day you'd say, you know what? Today is the day I want to make that decision. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. If you want to accept him into your life and be saved, if that's you this morning, would you just slip up your hand and write back down? God bless you. Oh, goodness. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Goodness gracious. Church is praying right now. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Real quick. Eight people. Nine. God bless you. Ten. Anybody else? I'm not counting for counting's sake. Eleven. I just want you to know you matter. I'm not going to write it down anywhere. We're going to pray to heaven. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give you to heaven. 11 people. Is anybody else going to pray this prayer? Going to get right with God? All right. Like I said, this prayer is not magic. It's not something we we concocted to, to do anything at all. If it comes from your heart, then God says, if a man or a woman believes in their heart that Jesus is the Lord and that he was raised from the dead, if he's the son of God, you believe it and you'll confess it, which is what you're fixing to do. Then the Bible says you're saved. You're born again. He writes your name in the Lamb's book of life, and you start the greatest journey of your entire existence. So, these 11 folks, we're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, but you want to pray it, that's all right. As long as heaven knows, that's all that matters. I'll just encourage you to tell somebody after service. Just tell somebody. Tell a family member. That's your confession. Confess it to somebody. Now, let's pray together. Church, let's all pray together. Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. I believe you purchased my salvation. I believe it in my heart. I confess you now. Be Lord of my life. And according to your precious word, I'm saved. I'm forgiven on my way to heaven strengthen me help me every day till you come for me in jesus name amen amen praise god praise god amen there's a small group table out in the lobby today would you stop by there there's a bible if you don't have one there is some information that'll help you and you walk with god you'll connect with somebody who'll be smiling just happy to have a few moments to speak with you and they want to help you get started on your new journey with Jesus. We don't take your credit card, we don't take blood, nothing. We just, we give you something, okay? Thank you for being here. Now let's pray one more prayer and then Richard's going to come. Lord, touch us for unity. Minister to our hearts and draw us close to you. Help us to figure it out. The things we need to do to put complete trust in you. Lord, I know that you're coming soon, and the enemy is pulling every trick out of the bag he possibly can, but we are not worried, and we will not panic, because, Lord, we know there's an outpouring of your power 
that is greater and mightier than anything this world could try to throw at us. And we are victorious through Christ. So we will stand in victory today. We will stand as overcomers. Lord, we will win. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Okay, I'll do that. This coming next Saturday, this Saturday coming, Josh Wilson uh, in concert right here at this church. Every time you turn on the radio, you hear Josh Wilson. He's a wonderful young man. I've met him personally. Great guy. Wonderful testimony about going through anxiety and depression. And God brought him back from the depths of suicide. And he is going to be here singing some of the songs you know from the radio, but some of the new songs that God's given to him. And he is going to be here this coming Saturday night, so you come. We're not going to be having service on Sunday night next week because our Sunday night's going to be Saturday night. Everybody say, Sunday is Saturday. All right, be here Saturday for the concert at what time? 6.30, the doors open. There'll be so many people from the community, so you need to get here to get your favorite seat. God bless you. Richard? God bless you all. We want to remind you, if you're new to our church today or new in just the last couple of uh, weeks, we want to invite you to go down uh, to the Welcome Center. You can stop by there, get some information. We'd love to connect with you and uh, meet you and welcome you to Stratford Heights. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon, and we will see you this week.